Hi, I'm John O'Brien, host of Money and Wealth on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I'm an entrepreneur and a businessman. Now, every Thursday, my newest venture is educating you on how to win financially. Even better, I'm going to teach it in a way that, well, you can understand. I'm going to meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. We all might have different starting points and end goals, but as long as we have the desire to acquire financial freedom, it can be done. Listen to Money and Wealth with John Hope Bryant every Thursday on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Raquel Willis. Join me on my new podcast, Queer Chronicles, a show where LGBTQ plus folks tell their own stories in their own words. This season, teens will share all about growing up in political battleground states. We will always exist and we will definitely not let them take away our joy, no matter how hard they try. Listen to Queer Chronicles on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your most fabulous shows. Hi, I'm Lewis Carr, and welcome to the Blueprint Connect podcast. This podcast is an extension of the Blueprint Men's Summit, where we have consistently given men a prescription for growth, not just for themselves, but also for their families and their communities. During these podcasts, we will educate and motivate our listeners about entrepreneurship, careers, finances, health and wellness, and even relationships. So tell someone you know to look out for us weekly. On today's podcast, we have founder and CEO of Encore Executive Search, Frank Clark. Welcome, Frank. Thanks, Lewis, for having me. Excited to be here. So, Frank, before we start today, let's give our listening audience an idea of who you are. Sure thing. I am from Chicago third-generation Chicagoan, and went to uh, schools in the uh, southern suburbs of Chicago, then went on to Northern Illinois University, where I received a Bachelor of Science in Economics, worked for several years, and went back to business school and majored in finance and marketing from Illinois Institute of Technology with my master's in business. Uh, My family and I reside in the Chicagoland area, and, um, you know, I'm a big Bulls fan and hoping for the White Sox. Well, 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 Frank, you, you also come from a storied history. Uh, your father was what, what we call a V-I-V-I-V-I-P. <laughs> all right. So tell us about Frank Clark Sr. Absolutely. I would be remiss if I didn't discuss that. So my, my father was president, chairman and CEO of Commonwealth Edison. Commonwealth Edison is a major utility based here in Chicago. At the time that he was CEO, they were roughly about an $8 billion business. And he certainly has been my inspiration and been my um, drive around being in business from a very young man, you know, young boy, I should say, probably eight or nine, 
I saw him going to work every day with a suit. I didn't know what he did, didn't understand what he did, but he was going with the suit. And I said, that looks pretty cool. I might want to go to work with the suit one day. So, you know, he certainly has been uh, very um, inspiring for me to do what I do today, for sure. Uh, and, and Frank, what, what would you say is some of the key things that you learned from your dad? Several things. One is um, grit. You know, he was with Commonwealth Edison for 46 years. He started literally in the mailroom delivering mail door to door to executives and middle managers and, and, and the like, and uh, did that for a number of years, then went back to school to get his degree from uh, DePaul University, and then he went to law school as well. So one of the things that I learned from him is absolute grit and what you would call intestinal fortitude to keep going no matter what. And uh, that certainly has boded well for me in my career. The other thing I learned from him is this ability to work with people and have a great team around you. His success, of course, came from a great family around him, including my mother. It also came from a great team around him internally at the company. So learning from him around collaboration and working with people is certainly a key learning lesson to to garner uh, success. So you, you have a MBA in finance and marketing. Is that, that correct? Yes. And what had you intended to do uh, originally with that degree? <laughs> Yeah, out of uh, undergrad, which I majored in economics, I had a Bachelor of Science in Economics from Northern Illinois University. My dream, my vision, my motivation was to be a Fortune 500 CEO, period, full stop. That's what I told everybody. That's what I told myself. And that was certainly my quest. So my first uh, job out of school was actually with Motorola. And back in those days, we're talking about the early 90s, working for Motorola is like working for Facebook today. It was a big deal. We celebrated like it was 1999. I knew I was on my way. Um, So that was my initial initial dream is to be a Fortune 50 CEO. And then as I got into corporate America and started to ascend into the C-suite, certainly enjoyed that ride, got great training, uh, great exposure, and excellent experience. I got this entrepreneurial bug that I could not shake. So I then ventured off into the world of entrepreneurship back in uh, the mid-2000s and been doing it ever since. So you you, uh, was in private equity for a while. Tell us about that. Yeah. So the private equity firm that I have is focused on mid-market companies, companies that have EBITDA, which is essentially free cash flow, of anywhere from uh, $3 million to about $10 million. That's the range of free cash flow or, or EBITDA that we work with. And these companies are in industrial manufacturing, technology, uh, professional services, and healthcare. And uh, since 2007, when we launched that company, we've done a little over tw- a dozen deals, and uh, we still have several holdings today. Okay, great. So how did you sort of transfer from corporate to entrepreneurship to now you're in executive search? Tell us about that transition. Yeah, the transition from corporate to entrepreneurship was being around a lot of great entrepreneurs. Chicago uh, is really fortunate and a great city of magnificent entrepreneurs, and in particular, African-American entrepreneurs. I was really fortunate to get exposure to people like Quentin Primo, who runs a company by the name of Capri Capital, one of the biggest real estate commercial holding companies in the United States. Uh, I got the great pleasure to meet uh, Mr. John Johnson, 
um, the illustrious Mr. John Johnson, who was the uh, founder and CEO of Johnson Publishing Company, Fashion Fair Cosmetics and so forth, and um, had some experience and exposure to him as well while I was in corporate. And with those experiences with people like John Rogers as well, who runs Aerial Capital, with those experiences and seeing their success and seeing kind of what they were building and how they were impacting us, meaning black people um, of, and people of color when it comes to great jobs, great career opportunities and a lot of the a lot of responsibility. I said, that is really some good stuff. And the more I was um, in corporate, you know, getting to that C-suite today, there are literally one percent of CEOs in the Fortune 500 that are black that look like you and I, Lewis, male or female. There are actually three today. And that's Walgreens, that's Lowell's and that's um, TIAA Kreft. Three CEOs. So when I started to get more and more engaged in the C-suite, I saw the probabilities getting slimmer and slimmer. I said, why not start my own company, build that, uh, create wealth that way, power and influence, and also be able to hire some, some fantastic people of color to make impact. So I decided to take that uh, journey into entrepreneurship. And uh, you asked about private equity. Yes, we've done a lot of deals in the private equity space, buying and selling businesses and growing them. And those skills are very transferable into the executive search space. While I was in private equity, I also got exposure to executive search in a variety of different capacities, whether the larger companies that we're familiar with or even the mid-market boutiques that we haven't heard of. And I knew I had a gift of gab, if you will. Uh, I certainly enjoy selling. And I certainly enjoy working with clients. So it was really a natural evolution to move into executive search while still having a private equity footprint. So that's how all that happened. And I came together um, probably about four years ago now with um, a company that I was a co-founder. And then that's kind of cultivated into what I'm doing now with Encore. We'll be right back with more of my interview after this quick break. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hi, I'm John O'Brien, host of Money and Wealth on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I'm an entrepreneur and a businessman, some would call a thought leader. Now, every Thursday, my newest venture is educating you on how to win financially. Even better, I'm going to teach it in a way that, well, you can understand. No unexplained theories, no mundane lessons, no using 20 words when two will do. I'm going to meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. I'm giving you straight talk, 
relatable stories, and life lessons through my own experiences and the lens of others. We're not just talking about why financial freedom is important. We're focusing on how you can achieve it too. We all might have different starting points and end goals, but as long as we have the desire to acquire financial freedom, it can be done from the streets to the suites. Listen to Money and Wealth with John Hope Bryant every Thursday on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you've been following the news, you know that from healthcare access to safe schools, LGBTQ plus rights are under attack. And it's about time queer and trans youth get the microphone and tell their stories in their own words. We can kiss every woman's face goodbye. I'm Raquel Willis. Join me on my new podcast, Queer Chronicles, a show where LGBTQ plus folks tell their own stories in their own words. This season, teens will share all about growing up in political battleground states. I wish I could feel more comfortable in my own body here, but that's just not the case. And follow along as they discover what queer and trans liberation means to them. This isn't running away from yourself. It's running into who you want to grow into. Listen to Queer Chronicles on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your most fabulous shows. So uh, let's talk about the the job market today uh, as it relates in general to uh, executive search. Is, is it good? Is it bad? Is it confusing? Depending on what side of the desk you're on, uh, I guess it could be one or all of those. So can you kind of give us sort of a, a summary of what you guys see as the uh, job market today for executives? Yeah, the job market today for executives is certainly hyper-competitive. Um, you know, it's a triangle effect. And the top of that triangle is a very narrow funnel of opportunity. While there still is a very narrow funnel of opportunity, um, there is a high demand for executives, particularly executives of color operating at the C-suite. So what you find happening now is the demand is certainly high, um, but the supply is limited of, of great executives that are ready to run companies or to sit at, at board seats as well. So what I look at it is, Today, it's really a uh, employee-driven market, even at the C-suite. Um, people want hybrid environments, particularly with the advent of COVID. They want environments that are about mission versus just profit. And they want environments that certainly have diversity as a key part of the strategic agenda because they realize, they being executives, realize that that diverse piece drives innovation and it also drives ultimately results in profitability, shareholder value, and market share. So employees at the executive level are demanding that with employers. So employers have to be much more agile, much more innovative in recruiting and retaining that top tier talent. When it comes to the mid uh, talent level, which is much more robust of a labor market, um, they're very demanding as well because employees now realize that, hey, I can do something else. I don't have to work a nine to five. I can do things in technology. I can do things in healthcare. I can do things um, by way of the internet to still drive economics for me. So now that 
all this optionality is there with the advent of technology, particularly social media, it is tougher to recruit mid-market employees as well. So the labor markets are certainly hyper-competitive, crowded, and it is a fight for competition. I mean, a fight for talent. So, so, so Frank, that leads me to this question. Sure. Does that apply to black executives? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've heard a lot over the last 24 months about diversity, equity, inclusion in corporate America, uh, whether it's on board seats or whether it is in the C-suite or uh, so does that apply to black people as well? It certainly does. It applies to black people as well at the top of the food chain, the C-suite, as well as at mid-market director, senior director level. Absolutely. Uh, today, DNI is a bigger focus than it's ever been in the history of corporate America, quite frankly. So that's real then, Frank. So that's not just blah, blah, blah talk. So it's real. It's real. It's real and it's viable. And, uh, you know, the board and the C-suite drives the viability of how real it is within a company. You know, today, boards are more focused on diversity, again, than ever before. As an example, today, 425 new directors came into the market in the last year or so. Out of those 425 new board members that came into uh, corporate America, 28% were African-American. That is an absolute astounding percentage uh, when it comes to new board members entering into the boardrooms in the Fortune 500. 28% were African-American in 2020 and 2021. However, when you look at the numbers holistically today, there are about 4.5% of the board um, represented in the Fortune 500 are people of color, meaning black people, men and women. 2.5% are black men. One and a half percent are black women. So there's still lots of room for growth in that area. But the point that I'm making is there's been a real focus on bringing in that diversity of thought, that diversity of experience, because boardrooms today, more so than ever, are not just focused on it from a social agenda perspective, but they're focused on it because it drives value to the business. It drives value to shareholders. It drives value to employees. So it's real, but it really starts in the boardroom. The C-suite, still a ton of work to do there, Lewis Carr. Still a ton of work to do there. Uh, Again, Fortune 500 CEOs, they're three today out of 500. So it's certainly less than 1%. So, so Frank, can we kind of click down a little bit on on, on what you said that, you know, Black people bring value, drive value uh, to these organizations? What do you mean by that? What is it that uh, uh, a Black person, man or woman, will bring to an executive suite or to a board that some people may have a blind spot and not know that they're missing. Mm-hmm. Innovation, creativity. You know, black executives are always outnumbered, you know, 10 to 1, 20 to 1, 50 to 1. And as a result, we learn how to navigate and innovate to drive results, probably more so than our colleagues, because we have to because we're forced to to create results and consistent performance. So when we bring that into the boardroom, we bring that same level of creativity and innovation into a boardroom. We bring that same level of innovation into the C-suite as well and that creativity. So when we're at the table 
that innovation and that diverse way of getting results adds value to the overall solution set, the overall strategic agenda of a boardroom or a C-suite, which again creates value and performance when it comes to revenue, when it comes to employee fulfillment, and when it comes to recruiting and retaining top-level talent. So, so Frank, let's move on to what you do every day. Let's talk about Encore right now. Sure. So tell us about Encore, uh, you know, what makes it different from a lot of other executive search firms out there? And how do you guys go about finding clients and also finally finding talent that can match up with that those clients? Encore is a executive search firm, as, as we highlighted in our conversation earlier. And Encore focuses on the C-suite and their direct reports, cross-functional. So as a result, we really go to the market and look for best-in-class talent like Lewis Carr and others that can drive impact in the corporations. And we have a robust pipeline of talent. Um, that is in finance, that's in operations, that's in technology, and of course in general management as well, that we focus on and we cultivate our candidates with our clients. Our clients are the Fortune 500 uh, companies that are in financial services and technology and healthcare and the like. And we also focus on private equity-owned companies as well. So portfolio companies within a large private equity uh, system and, and operation is part of our focus also. So, you know, our clients are really relationship driven. Uh, we have relationships throughout corporate America and also globally that we garner to drive business for us. You know, I lead our business development and marketing efforts, and that's pretty much our go to market. We do it by market segmentation in those areas that I mentioned. And we also do it again by driving these relationships that we have in the boardrooms and that we have across many uh, C-suites. And then what happens is when your brand continues to expand, because we also are increasing our brand socially on in, in terms of digital media, we're increasing it when it comes to our go-to-market strategy around fireside chats like this, roundtable discussions, conferences, keynote speaking. So that push-pull marketing strategy also brings in clients to us. So today, we find our business growing month over month, quarter over quarter, certainly well into the double digits as a result of that. We'll be right back with more of my interview after this quick break. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. 
Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hi, I'm John O'Brien, host of Money and Wealth on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I'm an entrepreneur and a businessman. Some would call a thought leader. Now, every Thursday, my newest venture is educating you on how to win financially. Even better, I'm going to teach it in a way that, well, you can understand. No unexplained theories, no mundane lessons, no using 20 words when two will do. I'm going to meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. I'm giving you straight talk, relatable stories, and life lessons through my own experiences and the lens of others. We're not just talking about why financial freedom is important. We're focusing on how you can achieve it too. We all might have different starting points and end goals, but as long as we have the desire to acquire financial freedom, it can be done from the streets to the suites. Listen to Money and Wealth with John Hope Bryant every Thursday on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you've been following the news, you know that from healthcare access to safe schools, LGBTQ plus rights are under attack. And it's about time queer and trans youth get the microphone and tell their stories in their own words. We can kiss every woman's face goodbye. I'm Raquel Willis. Join me on my new podcast, Queer Chronicles, a show where LGBTQ plus folks tell their own stories in their own words. This season, teens will share all about growing up in political battleground states. I wish I could feel more comfortable in my own body here, but that's just not the case. And follow along as they discover what queer and trans liberation means to them. This isn't running away from yourself. It's running into who you want to grow into. Listen to Queer Chronicles on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your most fabulous shows. So, so Frank, what do you say to uh, corporations who say, I want to diversify uh, my executive suite, but I just can't find any? I, 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 what is that conversation like? Because because we hear it all the time. Uh, uh, matter of fact, uh, I was at a dinner last night and I heard the same thing. So what do you say to those people when they say they just can't find it? I say to them in a very direct way, you're not committed to it. Uh, when you say you can't find diverse talent, particularly of African-American, Latino descent, you're just not committed to it like you think you may be. So what I then drill down on is their level of commitment. Is it really a part of their strategic plan? And if it is a part of their strategic plan, why? What is the result that they want to get as a result of it being part of their strategic plan? And if it's it's the right thing to do, if it's, it's great social action, if it's because it's the markets we serve, that's why you're not finding people of color, because those are not meaningful enough for you to be committed to it, to make it an enduring strategy. When you're committed to it, you tell me, I want to drive more market share. I want to create more products in the market that we don't have today. I want to retain the best talent in our company and develop that talent. And I also want to drive performance when it comes to top line growth. When you start communicating that, that means you really understand the business value proposition behind it and you're helping the company see its blind spots in those areas. 
So, so Frank, tell me about the conversation uh, that you have when people say, we, we, we've looked high and low and we can't find people with the exact qualifications that we're looking for. When I hear that conversation, Frank, I always go to, that could be true because of your lack of diversity, equity, and inclusion. But there's this thing called transferable skills. Mm. All right? Tell me about a conversation that you can have with a CEO about transferable skills. Because we all read in, in the Wall Street Journal and and Fortune magazine about someone who was a, a CEO of a packaged good company who becomes a CEO of an automotive company or a CEO of uh, a beverage company that becomes a, a CEO of a quick service restaurant organization. Tell us about transferable skills, because I think a lot of times you can't find the person because you're using old qualifications that may have been viable 20, 30 years ago, but in a marketplace like today, it's not viable. Absolutely couldn't agree more. Uh, and you're right, Lewis, you see those transitions all the time in the marketplace with our with our mainstream uh, C-suite executives transferring from a small technology company to a midsize um healthcare company uh, to be CEO. So these skills are certainly very, very transferable and they're transferable for a couple of reasons. One is technology helps things become transferable. Um, with the advent of technology, uh, you certainly don't need to be narrow and deep to transfer from professional services to something in uh, strategy, as an example, or, prof- or uh, consulting. Those skills around leadership are homogenous in the in the sense of of leading people of leading strategy of garnering an operation and executing those are the skills that you need to run a company not necessarily the this myopic industry one-to-one correlation um, I don't need to be an engineer necessarily to run an engineering business I certainly don't in fact, I run an engineering business quite frankly without being an engineer without going to engineering school and I had 30, 40 engineers reporting into me that were mechanical, electrical, chemical engineers. So when I say the skills are transferable, it's transferable when you have this body of work, Lewis, this body of work specifically around leadership, being able to lead people, being able to drive strategy and execute on performance, execute on strategic agenda items. And last but not least, have this fundamental understanding of what's important to differentiating your company from others as well. Those skills, if you have those, they're certainly transferable and doable, whether you're a minority in the African-American community or whether you're more so of a mainstream candidate as well. So, Frank, do do, do you ever use the example of of your dad who, who had a law degree but ran an energy company, all right? <laughs> you know, that, that's like the, the low-hanging fruit as an example for you, you know, and he ran it for a long time, but he had a law degree. He didn't have an engineering degree. He didn't have a science degree. He didn't have a technology degree. He had a law degree, but ran an engineering company. That's energy exactly company. right. He did. 
He went to law school and, and uh, business school and, and ran an energy company for many years, um, decades, quite frankly. So, again, another example of transferable skills, not necessarily needing to be an engineer or a, a scientist, if you will, to run an engineering company. He literally was, was a lawyer and, and actually practiced law for a number of years as well. So there are many examples like that, my father being one of, of several. You know, uh, Ken Chenault, who was CEO of American Express, was also a lawyer by training and became CEO of a financial services company, right? One of the biggest in the world, one of the biggest brands in the world. So it happens countless times, but you as the executive have to know that your skills are transferable and not get caught into the one-to-one correlation relationship and uh, be able to communicate why your skills are transferable and why they're valuable, whether it's an industry like energy or an industry like financial services. Those skills are still impactful and transferable. Uh, so here is a, a very hot topic right now. African-American Frank on boards. Uh, there are quite a few successful executives uh, throughout multiple industries. How do they know and how do they sort of get in the pipeline to get on corporate boards? A couple of different uh, streams that, and you're right, um, there are several um, uh, groups of African-Americans that are board ready today and many just haven't had access to boards. So it's a couple ways to do that. One is having relationships with a company like Encore, uh, specifically someone who runs the board practice. That would be me when it comes to Encore. That is certainly a way to get yourself board ready and not only just board ready, getting access and exposure to a variety of boards that you wouldn't know about that are actually looking for African-American talent. Um, And then the other way to do it is get into these organizations like Executive Leadership Council, which is probably the most preeminent African-American organization for executives. Uh, That's certainly a hunting ground for African-Americans getting on boards, Executive Leadership Council. Uh, And then the third way to do it is have your own campaign. Have your own campaign as an executive with your board bio, if you will, that talks about your key accomplishments, some of your not-for-profit board work, uh, which is important to get on a public company board or a large private company board. You should have some board experience in the not-for-profit world with some leadership as well, because many of those skills are transferable to public company boards, many of them. Committee work, strategy work, um, work on governance, fiduciary. A lot of those skills are transferable to the public company and private company boards. So when you think about your business, how much is focused on board work and how much is focused on uh, C-suite work percentage-wise? Mm-hmm. 75% of our work is certainly focused on C-suite work and then the balance is board work. So about 25% is board work. Okay. That's good to know. So, uh, Frank, before we shut this down, tell people how they can get in contact with you, whether they are a corporation or whether they are an individual who are looking to sort of do something different. Sure, sure. So our website is EncoreLeadershipAdvisors.com. You can get a hold of me that way, um, certainly. And uh, my email is listed on that as well. 
Uh, we are, I'm also on LinkedIn under Frank Clark. Uh, if you want to connect that way, please do so. I'm always uh, available to you in that area as well. Encore, again, is a national organization that has a global scope as well, focused on DEI. That is one of our key focuses, along with mainstream executive search. Well, Frank, thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your schedule today to talk to the Waymaker audience. Uh, before I let you go, uh, we at Waymaker believe that no one has been successful without a Waymaker. Mm. Tell us who were some of the Waymakers in your life that sort of put Frank Clark onto this road to success. Mm. That's a wonderful question, Lewis. Um, and I'm very grateful to say my father, Frank Clark Sr., is a key wake maker for me to be on the journey that I've been on for the last 30 plus years. I would also say um, Mr. John Johnson, Mr. John H. Johnson was a way maker for me way back in probably early 2000, maybe even late 90s when I got an entree to him and he sat me down in his office and told me, hey, this is how you do this young man. And it's great to see you. Um, so he was, he was certainly warm and welcoming. And I would say a, a third way maker is Brother Lewis Carr. Um, you've been fantastic in, in, in my journey and I appreciate you as well. Thank you for that, Frank. And uh, we wish you uh, and the Encore family uh, the best of luck and tremendous success. So thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. Hi, I'm John O'Brien, host of Money and Wealth on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I'm an entrepreneur and a businessman. Now, every Thursday, my newest venture is educating you on how to win financially. Even better, I'm going to teach it in a way that, well, you can understand. I'm going to meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. We all might have different starting points and end goals, but as long as we have the desire to acquire financial freedom, it can be done. Listen to Money and Wealth with John Hope Bryant every Thursday on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.